and welcome. This is not the news. This is Batman. I am the Knight, episode 39, which covers episode 44 of Batman the Animated Series, Day of the Samurai. With me, as always, is the martial arts legend known as Adam Ray. It's time to re-enter the dojo and think calmly about our practice and our technique to understand the conflict all in the mind and to see a return of a very unsavory manipulator of the martial arts, I would say. Oh, absolutely. And it's lovely to see something I've always maintained where I've actually had arguments with people about this who say that Batman's a ninja. So, well, no, ninja aren't really that honourable. They're thieves, they're, they're robbers, they're murderers. Batman's far more of a samurai and I stand above on my own volcano of doom, shouting down at them, ha, 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 I was correct. It's over. I have the high ground. <laughs> <coughs> we'll talk We'll talk about that visual imagery in a minute. That's brilliant. Oh, God, why didn't I spot that? Because well done. You didn't spot that because that's why there were two of us on the this show. So we can talk about strong in my son. Boom, brilliant. Anyway, yes, we got to see um, Batman live up to an honor-bound code working to transparency to efficiency to making sure that he got the truest path out and maintain the balance within the world as he always as he usually does in, in his heroic efforts very well said yes and from the very beginning uh, another episode written by steve perry who wrote the night of the ninja episode and this time though directed by um, the grand sensei of all Batman the Animated Series episodes, Bruce Tim himself. And again, brilliant atmosphere, brilliant nods of the hat to the martial arts movies, mythos, um, the way things are laid out, the dojos, the, the buildings. And particularly, I've got to say, Shirley Walker's music. What the... This does not sound like any other episode. It's magic. They made the effort to show that this is not your usual episode. No supervillain hijinks and no high rises of Gotham City. This is old world, mm. feudal Japan, on a, on a bound samurai doing battle with the sight of the ever-snowing Mount Fuji there in the distance. Not actually Mount Fuji, but come on. Um, yeah, it's probably Mount, yeah, Mount something Fu else. Fujitsu or something. No, they said a name of it. I didn't, oh, they they didn't, didn't catch it. it. Yeah. They, didn't, they said a name for it because they said where the old master buried the scrolls ah. and secrets. It was the Mount of Mount somewhere, but I couldn't help but think this is a very niche reference to anyone who gets this. It's snowing on Mount Fuji. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. And did you not think that the whole way from the beginning, Bruce treats this mission with such respect. I mean, this is this is amazing. He could easily say, go to Japan, why? Uh, no, I've got my own stuff to worry about in Gotham. But he is ever the honour-bound student. And that, to me, is fantastic. I love that. It's part of the uh, samurai's code to defend their sensei and defend their dojo I, I believe so he's on a bound to go but he doesn't necessarily hesitate and we don't even really see the conversation mostly because we associate that and it's mostly a ploy that the writers use to save a lot of time but it's still so very 
telling of the character that oh, he can pick up the phone from his old sensei mm. and then it jump cuts to him on the plane going to Japan so we know there yeah. wasn't any hesitation there wasn't any it's quibbling fantastic. or doubt he just goes to defend the honour and to put a stop to someone he knows to be dishonourable and that's a very true vision of the character and true vision of the samurai nature which he employs so well the true nature of duty and honour the true, true duty of Giri. Fantastic. And obviously, we, we've got to talk about the, the plot points. What happens is um, the new star pupil, a character called Kairi Tanaka, is kidnapped by Kyodai on his quest to become the ultimate martial artists and master the death touch and defeat Bruce Wayne, Batman, who he, he, he knows now, obviously, after that end scene in night of the ninja he knows that the two men are one and the same and he wants the ultimate advantage of the ultimate weapon to beat the only man who's bested him and i think also because he's such a this is a pg show git <laughs> um, to take away the new favorite pupil by, by kidnapping Kyrie. and what do you think of that aspect of kyodai and the, the depths he'll sink to it's a level of pettiness that really mm. sort of sets down the character because if that's his motivation we find it harder to like him but he goes through knowing that there are people that have come through through his sensei that have since been better than him some yes. uh, students that his sensei like to that level or better but he still sees himself as the big I am mm -hmm. and the grandmaster so it just shows his ego going further which makes him much more likeable to like to dislike villain yes absolutely it makes it more of a villain you can really love to hate exactly but i also love that complete opposite spectrum of bruce because he let's be honest um Kyrie may be the sensei's favorite pupil right now and because she's there and she's going to carry on the dojo after the sensei's passing most likely but Bruce doesn't feel any jealousy for this girl. He goes out of his way, travels thousands of miles to save her. And not for kudos or praise or being the big I am, like you quite rightly said about Kyodai, but because it's just the right thing yeah. to do. That just blows my mind. It's the level of heroism and respect, because aside from the Bushido code of going back there to respect your sensei and to defend your dojo, it's also him saying a personal thank you to the mm. sensei because yes, that's the majority of his fighting style and he really couldn't be Batman without the teachings he gained from him and others probably like him. So it's a respect thing and it's a thank you thing and it's the proper application of that knowledge because technically speaking, he could still be good enough to run that dojo oh, after the sensei absolutely. passes. Absolutely, But it's also part of um, the tradition of some of the samurai or martial artists to find the secret of the way sometimes you they find their enlightenment and they find their path by leaving the dojo and leaving their teachings yes. to go and carve out their own destiny and that's exactly what batman does and the sensei never begrudges him of that oh no and understands it and only calls to him when it's he's in that time of need but batman comes through because he's that honorable and that skilled absolutely very well said do you think also though that the sensei realizes that in his own way batman is becoming the master of his own dojo and passing on those teachings and he has total faith that he will not do it in the negative way or in a way that will spread his teachings in, in uh, 
way that can be misused and misinterpreted and, and harmful to the world. And let's be honest, who's a greater sensei in the DC universe than Batman? He's trained Dick and Jason and Tim and Damien and, and, and Stephanie and Cassandra and who else? I mean, he is and a sensei. And technically Superman for those stints yes. where he's never had his powers. Yeah, uh, several absolutely. members of the Justice League. Yeah. Several villains like when, he's to, when he's trying to rehabilitate them. The list goes on. And that's the truest part. But more that, circling back to the episode, um, this is a question I'm sure that you had on your mind, but I wanted to try and bring it now, now that we're on the topic. Uh, the way the sensei phrased his wording always mm. made it sound like he believed that Batman and Bruce Wayne were two different people, but I don't believe that. Oh, I, no. no. It's respect. Yeah. It's the sensei respecting the student as much as the student respects the sensei. He called Bruce Wayne full well, in my opinion, knowing that it was Batman. Because yeah. he knew in his heart of hearts, even though Bruce may have been defeated by Kyodai once in the dojo, that unlike Kyodai, he didn't turn that into a negative, he turned that into a positive. After all, what was that famous saying he said back in the other episode? Um, defeat is often more instructive than a victory, or words to that effect? Words to that effect. I think it's uh, an old Sun Tzu proverb. Mm. Wrong part of the world, I grant you, between yeah. Japan and China, but still, definitely the right sort of attitude to have. Failure is my greatest mentor, or mm. however Tarek says it. But yeah, it's the right attitude, and it's something that... Uh, teacher of that kind you could only really want from their student yeah absolutely i'm glad you brought up the china japan thing as well because many martial arts purists and quite rightly in many respects say that um why is japan the focus why is he not going to china and anything from us i mean i'm sure he did but let's also remember that yes kung fu um started in in china but it developed and it grew and japan is much more of a place for mixed martial arts yeah places where they got the best and made their own styles of it much like Bruce Lee did from China when he came when he went to America and created Jeet Kune Do and Bruce is a mixed martial artist he's yeah. not just a kung fu expert or a karate expert he's mastered as much as he can from all of them and blended into something of his own yeah. and um, it's beautiful when he's fighting Kyodo on the roofs where Kyrie called him the spirit of the bat, and I think yeah. that's a great name for a martial arts. It is actually. It also reminds me of an old episode of uh, Batman the Brave and the Bold, where it's, it's a very similar sort of premise. We find him tangling with old acolytes from his old dojo, mm. and when he was studying there, because that cartoon you never see Bruce Wayne's face. So mm. in that yeah. episode, in the flashbacks, he was wearing the mantle of the bat. So there's a real respect for like the old elemental and spiritual connections oh, and stuff, which I think Batman sort of taps into as he goes forth and fights crime. But like bats in that culture, I don't really think are a thing. People on the internet, please correct me. But for someone to have that sort of mantle sort of applied to them by someone of that higher skill is a huge respect showing, I would say. Um, it is a thing. It's uh, Tengu spirits. Uh, it's something that is looked at quite a lot. But obviously, I only know this because I'm an ultra nerd. <laughs> um, um, in Batman mythology, um, particularly um, when he comes back from the broken back after being defeated by Bane, and even though he can walk again, he's he's healed. He's forgotten how to fight. He's got to retrace his steps and learn how to fight again. And to do so, he did hides his face under in a wooden ninja bat mask. And, of course, Shiva, the only person really qualified to teach him, 
puts him through a gauntlet of fighting the most deadly martial artists on the planet to get his skills back. And he does that wearing the mask of Tengu. So that's, that's something that's absolutely brilliant. And I love when they don't just focus on one aspect of the character because he can be like a dark spirit and that's how he's very much portrayed in this episode it's good to see that that's always been a true fact about him and i think the one of the strengths of batman the animated series as a whole mm. is that we get to explore batman from all of the sides that only really the 80 plus years of comics have been able to explore yes. Because we see the detective, we see the fighter, we see the strategist, we see the vision of fear and terror, we see the redeemer, we see all of those things. We see them better than, say, 90 or 180 minutes of cinema can do. Because everyone really focuses on the aspect of fear and the somewhat the bruiser. But then again, Ben Affleck in that one scene in the warehouse is absolutely perfect. Yes, agreed. Um... So it's good to show all of the different sides to him, and that's something that nearly 150, 200 episodes can really do. Yeah. So it's good that we can really get that. And this episode, I mean, let's be honest here, this episode probably showed more aspects of Batman in one single episode than I can recall seeing in any of the others. I mean, let's think about this. The duty and the honour, the martial artist is front-facing in this episode. Yeah. The hero where Kyrie's kicked off the roof where he forgets the scroll on the map. He leaves to save her. The detective um, finding out... Yeah, tracing the callback. And also the gadget side of it. The the technical whiz having that device that can try and get that call and everything else. So much vintage Batman. And again, the dark spirit, the, the, the vengeance the samurai and again back to that rooftop scene the bit where he's saved Kyrie, deposits her on a balcony opposite and he swoops back up and just that moment where or you don't see him land on the roof you just see his shadow swoop past yeah. and even then we get that slight glimpse of doubt and fear from Ken yeah because we get that a couple of times because we just yeah. no, we never see him land he's just uh, Ken just walks into him mm-hmm. and then right at the end uh, near the volcano near Mount Fuji or what have you uh, he just creeps up and is like ah the bats making another silent entrance because mm. there are still some respect to, there. there's still some respect there and there's still elements to him that Ken just doesn't have access to and doesn't yeah. understand and probably never would so there has to be some respect there but he still has to try and prove himself against this figure yeah. It's interesting to see, and we see all of that encapsulated so well. And it never tries to be overt and in your face about it. It's just true facts about the character that are just yeah. put on so clearly that they're just they're just there. They just happen. It's natural. But that's Batman. Very well said. Very well put. But what really, really got to me is that yes, he dresses that way for a reason, and. The misdirection, which is another great tool in any warrior's arsenal, where he leads Ken to believe that he's dead, that the death touch has worked on him. And what could be more terrifying than someone who you think you've just killed calmly... Standing up and walking towards you as a figure of fear. And tapping you on the shoulder and saying, "Uh, going somewhere. And the animation, Hmm. Ken's face... 
True Fear. Yeah, fantastic. True Fear, but I'm more interested in the shot of Bruce yeah. walking towards him because we yeah. see him unmasked there in that final mm. battle and we see the light from the volcano yeah. hitting him on his right side and he just looks like this intense, yes, imposing figure, like a, like Dracula just walking yeah. towards, just looming and he's starting to get literally angry because he saw Ken use this, just transgress in this unforgivable yeah. way. But go forth and still try it. He has to reprimand him, but I think that adds up to the conclusion that yes. humbles Ken so that he can bow, recognize his successor, and then yeah, who knows? Yeah, Kyodai went full on Vader, and uh, Batman went full on Obi Wan, didn't he? It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. Yes, and he is the master, mm. absolutely. But do you not think also that when he's facing Ken that final time? He's gone from let him think he's beating me and feigned fear and terror when he knew he was safe to when Ken literally loses it and it's a barrage of blows and Batman is literally just stone-faced, flip, flip, block, block, whack, whack. Genius. Yep, very vintage sort of trope from the old classic Kung Fu movies and the karate movies. Um, Just that moment right at the end where the main hero's calm and there's... They have mastered the art so that nothing the villain can do could really overcome. Yeah. And yeah, it's a very powerful moment and it shows like true success and true victory. I think it does that very well. He's the ultimate figure of fear and samurai. It's absolutely beautiful to see. And going back to the whole samurai thing and master and student... Um, this episode, the character of Sensei Yuru is actually played by a different actor to the last one. Last time we saw Chao Lai Chi, and this week it was Gomisawa. And I did a bit of research, I couldn't find much on him based on this, but he's a huge star in Japan, and not just of stage and screen, but an award-winning musician with number one hits. And again, I actually think that's actually respectful of DC and Warner Brothers to then get not just someone who's well-known here, but a superstar in their own country. Because I do believe that this was around about the time when this series started to break out there as well due to the success of Night of the Ninja. So to get homegrown talents is genius. Because they did the same with the actress that played Kari Tanaka, who has then since gone to uh, appear in Rugrats and some other American shows, Julia Cato, who um, is a tiny bit part. But the fact that Again, we've got a female master student taking over from the sensei. It's just, again, a way of a 90s show being a few steps ahead. They could have easily just made it another bullshit um, male student. But the fact they made her a girl and she was awesome, that fight scene at the beginning, Ken only won because he cheated. Yep, very much. Uh, it's a great respectful touch. It really added to the international sort of mm. scope and success that the show was starting to get and it's the logical thing to do but it's also a respect to the kind of story they were telling I would yes, say absolutely. I'd say they needed to get authentic yeah. native speak, native Japanese speaking actors mm-hmm. and ones that understood the kind of story they were telling so that they could tell that kind of story properly and it came across very well from the sincerity and the wisdom that the actor playing the sensei delivered and the wonder uh the lady student was able to put into saying the spirit of the bat it was mm. a very good casting choice absolutely really agree with you and i've got to say casting again 
hats off to Kevin Conroy. I mean, I'd welcome any comments from any Japanese listeners or any Japanese speaking listeners to let us know how well Mr. Conroy did with his use of Japanese. And there's several times he used it over the course of the episode. And to me, it sounded awesome, but hey, I'm not Japanese. But um, again, credit where credit's due to the greatest Batman of all as far as I'm concerned for this episode. Yeah, Japanese is very specific and very like verbally fiddly. Mm. I would I think some linguists have described it. So being able to hear it with his like trademark grovel was quite nice. Whether it was good is a whole other question. Absolutely. And that's why I'll bow to anyone else who tells me, no, it wasn't that great. But hey, it's still going to be better than Keanu Reeves' English accent in Dracula. And let's just stop there. I say, is the castle far? <laughs> God. Right. Um, for me, yet another winner, no doubt. I, I don't think you can get much better than that. It was 20 minutes of magic. But we always do this. Any main takeaways, any standout scenes, anything that really, really stood out for you with this episode? I'd say it was an all-round success and all-round strength. I couldn't possibly put my finger on one key moment for the first time in the yeah, run of the show. Agreed. It was very consistently strong. We saw themes and details about the character uh classic clash of good versus evil and we found the righteous path in the end well said i've got to tip my hat to every single person who worked on this the acting was solid the writing was solid the direction was solid shelly walker's music again um brilliant the animators like you said, stepping away from the skyscrapers and high rises and seeing a different cityscape, a different landscape in this episode. Loved it. Great moments between Alfred and seeing Bruce with two of the men he respects and who helped make him the man he is. Plus, like we mentioned, so many aspects of Batman in this one episode. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I love the ones that look at Batman's past and show how they formed the character. They're very needed and really rewarding. It shows that he's not just this pinnacle mm. of training and expertise. We need to know how those trainings and expertises yeah. came to him because that makes him more real. Multi-dimensional. He's not a flat cardboard character in any way, means, shape or form. It's just brilliant to watch. Great stuff. So another winner. Um, I'm going to be very disappointed if and when we do get to an episode that isn't that great. But so far, um, 44 episodes in. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy. Wow. So that's been another episode of I Am The Night. Um, a show you can catch on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher and wherever else you get your podcasts. But Adam... Where can the world catch your work? And I know that's grown yeah, just a little over the bit. Last few days, just a little bit. I will very proudly mention that. But when it gets around to it, my work, Batman flavored or otherwise, can be found on Dark Knight News and DC Comics News, reviewing multiple titles per month. With the state of comics being somewhat shaky, I'm glad that there are still good things out there left oh, to yes. read. Uh, you can find my main writing on ourbabyfantasticuniverses.com and my growing expanse of writing has been broadened very nicely i have started a position at apotheosis studios writing fantastic blog company. posts and other independent pieces about fifth edition dungeons and dragons something you know a little bit about and you like a bit i think uh, I, I, that, that sells it just a teeny bit short uh you can find supplements for races classes monsters settings weapons items encounters so cool and just about anything else in between there at apotheosisstudios.com, you might find some uh, other pieces of similar 
tabletop gaming or PC gaming by me there as well. It's being paid to breathe, to be perfectly honest. Oh, fantastic. Um, uh, I couldn't be happier. But to talk to me more directly, you can find me on Twitter at IsItTinkerer, I-Z-Z-E-T Tinkerer. You can find my Dungeons & Dragons exploits on YouTube at No Ordinary Heroes and my PC gaming exploits on YouTube at The Hostile Atmosphere. And if you're into that stuff, do check it out. It's very, very cool. As for myself, you can find me every week on this wonderful show, usually with my son, sometimes with a guest presenter talking about Batman, which is my true love of the world. And you can also find me as editor-in-chief and writer on Dark Knight News, uh, doing reviews news for DC Comics News, who hosts this wonderful podcast and the DC Comics News podcast, Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast, and the Spinnerack. But that should be growing soon too with a couple of other shows in the works. Watch this space as for me please chat to me on twitter at lstevo el underscore s-t-e-e-v-o to read my stuff just google search steve j ray or of course as adam mentioned fantastic universes but until that time like us rate us review us and keep following the show let us know what we're doing right what we're doing wrong and talk to us um but what else does every listener really need to do son read more comics absolutely and watch more batman Thank you for listening. Bye now.